With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Hough from Twickenham CC. As always, I'm joined with two esteemed custodians of the game. First up, uh, Sal Ali from North London. How are you, Sal? You good? Yeah, I'm good, Dan. How, how's things? You had a good weekend? Not too bad. Yeah, were you, were you standing? I was standing yesterday. Um, it was uh, Shepherd's Bush playing Highgate for 11 at Gunnersby Park. Bit of a tricky track, wasn't easy to bat on. Um, both sides actually played it fairly well and losing draw, winning draw for Shrewsbury in the end. So yeah, quite quite enjoyable game. Yeah, probably reasonably near Twickenham's third eleven, right? They were yeah, in you, part two. Yeah, he's probably a hundred yards away on the right hand side playing. Mm. On the pitchers seemed to be the worst of the two, and I'm going you guys won. I think depending one fifty. So yeah, yeah, I, I didn't play yesterday at all, but uh, I would have been there otherwise. But yeah, we um, we defended one fifty, and apparently one fifty was um, yeah, worth about three twenty. So um, yeah. they they were pretty pleased. Yeah. Um, cool, great stuff. And also, we have our um, first repeat offender, really. Um, someone who's been on the pod before and we, we managed to persuade to come back, which is always good. Um, so, really pleased to welcome Joel Hughes from North Mid. How are you, Joel? You good? Yeah, very strong, thank you. All good. Super. Now, when we last spoke to you, 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 were, um, you were playing a bit but not too much. But now you've been playing quite a bit more this season. Can, can you talk us through that? So what, what, what's your season been like so far on an individual level? Well, I had a really good April because I knew that I was going to be struggling after only playing one game last year and with lockdown and everything. And I, the exercise was not as frequent as it should have been. So I took it really steady. I, you know, ramped up the, the bowling and everything and, I felt good, and then the last game, our last pre-season game at Hampstead, I sort of, yeah, ran in a bit harder, and then I woke up on Sunday after not really noticing anything, and I, my ankle was dreadful, and I couldn't couldn't really walk, and then it got worse in the next couple of days, um, and so I then missed the first four games, just 
getting physio and seeing how it was. And then I played my first game in the third team against North London threes and bowled off a couple of steps. And then I, it seemed to go okay, and I, I, I really enjoyed it because I got to bat for a change. Bat three, got 50. Pretty proud of that. <laughs> and um, I thought you might have that in. Yeah. I noticed that on the stats, actually. Yeah. Did you? And, yeah. And then, yeah, I think I've just looked at play cricket stats. Yeah, yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, so then the second team captain said, well, you know, if you can do that in the threes, can you... And you do it in the twos, and that was fine. I played a couple in the twos, and then, yeah, I've, and then I spoke to James Parslow, our director of cricket, and he he said, well, you know, if you if you're doing that well in in the twos, can you not try it in the ones? So I did, and I got three for at Teddington, and yeah, it's just it's it's just um, I didn't think it was going to be that effective off the short run, but it seems to have been pretty good, and I think I've I've been slightly lucky with these mid-season conditions with them being unusually wet and unusually green. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's come out pretty well. And I think I've, I've concentrated more on accuracy and trying, trying to get the seam up right. And yeah, so far so good, really. Super. Well, I mean, you're, you're far too modest to, to talk about your own stats, but I think 37 wickets at six says that it's coming out reasonably well. So, um, you know, congratulations on that. That's, that's fantastic. And as, as Napoleon once said, better to be lucky than good, eh? You know, you can't help the conditions. You just turn up and bowl. So um, the same can be said of, of North Mid um, in, in the Premier League. I mean, after a couple of, you know, a couple of bumps and, uh, along the way, you, you've had a pretty good last month, haven't you? Top of the pile, going well? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I was thinking we've got, um, in the five games I've played, we've got 54 points. From those five games, two twelve-point wins and and three ten-point wins. So, I mean, you can't you can't be uh, unhappy with that, can you? And like, it's really powered us powered us through the middle. And it's sometimes in these red ball games, it's hard to get over the line and bowl teams out. And yeah, to get that return from those those five games is fantastic, and it's it's set us up for the for the rest of the season. Super. You know, I'm, I'm desperately trying not to mention the game on the green because um, I, I appreciate that it's an upward story for uh, for North Mid, and, and, and it's not often that um, you lose games in such dramatic circumstances. But that that was one one blip uh, that that I, I feel morally obliged to fling in. But at the same time, I think sometimes you need to lose the odd game to get you back where you need to be. And I said that at the time that it could be a really good thing to, to lose in those circumstances. Did anybody else see it that way? That sometimes you need to kick up the bum, maybe, or something to happen to really push you back where you need to be? Well, I th yeah, I mean, maybe, but I, th I think the main thing was that I think there's two ways of losing, isn't there? And if you're playing well and people are, people are firing and you're playing against good teams and, and being out and, you know, being outplayed, and it's not too damaging, you know, and, you can come up, and especially in a game like that against the calibre of players that were you had in that team. And, mm. you know, there's no shame in losing to that team. And I, I think for... 80% of that game, you know, we were well in it and, yep. you know, yeah, I, I, and it's nice to, there was a couple of lads, Gareth, Gareth James ball really well and, yeah, I think, I think we could take a lot out of that loss, so it wasn't too damaging really. No, yeah. I, I think that's totally right. I mean, I, I watched a lot of it, I was away with, with the family and not really paying enough attention to them and I watched a lot of the live stream and, um, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought you looked really strong for, for most of the day, to be honest, but cricket does that to you, doesn't mm. it? Sometimes it just doesn't, 
end up the way you want it to. We'll get on to the game yesterday in a minute or two, because you, you had a, what looks a really interesting encounter yesterday as well. Um, Sal, what else do we need to know about the Prem? Um, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, come, we'll come to Joel's game at the end, probably, or just before then, have a quick chat about Okie dokie. You know, what happened in that, in that, on that yesterday. So, um, so, obviously, North Mid are top at the moment, but we do have a, a side which I'm down to very close to Twickenham, who are putting up a good sort of run at the moment and good sort of uh, set of results recently for Carlos and, on his side. And, Beating Bush is never an easy thing to do, and they did that yesterday by four wickets, low, low scoring game. Um, Jack Bryden scored 42 for, for Shepherds Bush in their innings, but Palmin the Singh sort of uh, took centre stage and took five for 31. And in response, um, Bush fought back well, as, as they do. You know, they never saw that lies down in any kind of situation. Crab Actor won their pace bowlers, took, took early wickets. Um, but, you know, player I, I mentioned, I'm sort of a big fan of Don, Don Manny Rolgi. Scored 43, and then Bendil Green, who's also sort of underrated, I think, in your side. He's uh, sort of the glue sometimes in certain things, in situations where things get a bit rough and, you know, um, sort of tricky. He sort of digs in, doesn't he? He gets things mm. done. He scored 23, not out. So, yeah, good, good win for, for Twickenham, who are now sort of, you know, in, in top three, I think it is now. Is that correct? Not quite. No, we're fourth. Fourth, yeah. okay. But you are, you know, I think a point of 10 and 10 or a couple of points of 10 and 10. So, yeah, just behind you. Yeah, I'll tell you in the mix, you know. Um, obviously, John might think otherwise, but definitely think, you know, as. Joe mentioned the calibre of players you have on your side and you are winning games uh, quite frequent at the moment, which is always a good thing. Um, it's going to be an interesting last few weeks for you guys in, on the green. Um, as I mentioned, Tennington, who, who are in third place, they had a bit of a rough game against um, Bronsby. Bronsby, you know, played really, really well. Um, but, you know, a few more overs, they could have won the game. I think whether it must have curtailed some of that game. Um, it's a great effort from James Weber to score 125 not out in, in, in back for holding the whole inning 6-6 over. There must have been some some of it physically and mentally from so well and James, who's also been on the on the pod before, so I'm sure he's listened to this. Um and then Charles Hopkins, playing ten ten. I mean seen bowl has been at the club for quite a few years. I think he hasn't played much once in the last two years, so you know, he was called up and he took five sixty one. In reply, ten and sort of sim, similar sort of similar story with their batting average at Ginger Wiley the way sixty five, but he doesn't seem to convert his fifteen into hundreds. When he does, obviously it's gonna be a uh, Quite a sort of formidable total, tenants in chase or put up, but he seems to sort of get to his 15 sixes and sort of get out. And the reason he got out because nine doshi, bowl unchanged, seven for 79. Um, you know, it was a good day for left arm yesterday by the looks of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, his figures um, obviously really put the sort of like blocks on any tenants in run chase they had they had planned. And obviously, Ealing, as I mentioned last week and the week before, in regarding potential relegation. We did have a tweet from Christian sort of saying we'd be, be interested to see what happens in a few weeks' time and he's obviously um, sort of I leading from the I think that was me being a bit provocative, wasn't it? I didn't really was, yeah, think yeah, yeah, they were going yeah. down. But I, I, <laughs> it, it did look a bit weird seeing them in seventh place in the table for a while. did indeed, but Christian's a, a real good leader. He's very sort of leads on the front foot, good sort of team man as well and sort of, you know, good sort of motivator of his players. And dead by example, yesterday taking five for 80, Finchley, um, again, Finchley have shown some good form recently. You know, Joel will probably testify to that last week's game when they played them. They do have sort of, you know, some sort of character now. They're sort of fighting back. Um, Ealing, 28, 28 run win, 240 for nine. Never played ever missed recently. Ben Graves scored 70. Um, Finch had a good good response. Steve Selwood scored 48 and won the Power Brothers. There's three of them in the side at the moment. Benji also scored 48. But as I mentioned, Christian Martin figured the five for 80. Sealed a you know, every win's good, but I'm sure a little bit more um, importance to one yesterday to, in yesterday's game to sort of get them points or sort of move up the table now. Um, we already mentioned North Mid a minute, but prior to that, obviously, I'm 
I'm sure there's been sort of people seeing around social media. There was a game where a bit of an incident took place between Richmond and Hampstead. We'll talk about the game more though, because again, it highlights um, the young talent we have in this league itself in terms of cricketers of, of high quality. Tamo Tanwalo scored 100 last week. I gave 17 years old. Repeat the same feat yesterday. Scored another century. Um, I think she won. I think sorry, Richmond won by 12 runs. Ben Fraser did his best for Hampstead, captain the side just as well. Scored 100, but it was all in vain as they as they fell short. Um, and Richmond picked the points to sort of move up the table. And then finally, North Mid, great win for Joel and his guys. 85 run win against near neighbours and who were actually still in second place at the moment, sort of nearest challenges to the title. I'm sure Matt, um, you know, the former Matt Crackman must be a real plus point for the guys at North Mid. You know, it's not easy to play some two guys who scored probably a thousand runs between them, you know, in the last couple of seasons in Joe and, and Luke. But Matt sort of stepped up, um, consolidated the open position. As I said, 71 at the top of the innings. And then, again, another player's come back from injury. James Parstow returned to the side, scored 64. Crouching and catching here in the side, sort of led with the ball, taking five wickets. And then after that, it was about our guest on the show. Six for 52 as um, Crouch and were bowled out, despite uh, 54, Darvon, Arrowton scored 51. Um, so, Joe, I mean, just your thoughts on the game yesterday itself? Yeah, well, I, I thought we batted extremely disciplined and I was really, I mean, really impressed by Matt Cracknell. He has improved so much in the last couple of years, so, so much, and turned himself into a proper first-team cricketer. And He's keeping well and he, he really dug in against some Good bowling yesterday. It was. It looked the track looked pretty green, and we we're thinking it was going to, you know, benefit our seamers. But actually, it's spun a lot, and that, you know, I think their off spinner bowled really nicely. Is he called Hassan? He bowled lovely, and hmm. yeah, we we just. It, I think we absorbed a lot of pressure, and then Matt Cracknell and James Parslow just yeah just went through the gears really nicely, and. Gave us a platform to, for us, the lower order, to have a bit of a dash at the end, and probably could have declared a little bit sooner, given given that they they haven't chased. It was a slightly negative declared after fifty nine. Probably probably could have come off a little earlier, but it's nice to have a bit of a bit of a cushion. And yeah, and I think there was a long period in the middle where they dug in. Number five batted well. Number four batted well. Number six looked a good player, and I thought we were heading towards a draw, but. You forget how quickly things can change, especially when the low order in, and we I think we got four, three or four in five overs to finish it off. So yeah, delighted. Big twelve points when you're at what some point you're looking at four or five to then to convert them to twelve against second place. That was a massive result for us. And how many overs were left, uh, Joel? It's often quite hard to tell in in the time cricket. It looks like there were quite a few. Is that right? Or did you lose any well, time? Well, yeah. So we. First, and they had, I think they had, they had fifty six, but it looked as if we might bowl one more than that. So they, we probably have five or six overs left, which it looks like a lot in the end. But yeah, like I say, we, we, I think we got three or four in consecutive overs to to bowl them out. So it will happen pretty quickly. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, so in, in terms of the way you approach these games, do you, do you approach the all day games differently to you do the limited overs games, or is the basic principle still the same? Did do, do, do you like to bat first as a rule? Are you, are you a chasing side, or, or doesn't it matter? I always want to bat first. I think club cricket is it's hard chasing scores. 
I mean, you must yeah, just look around like something funny happens to club batters when they're chasing scores, especially against good spin. Um, so I always, always want to bat first and sometimes get talked out of it and sometimes talk myself out of it. And I think when there's a bit of weather around yesterday, I mean, this weekend's been mad, hasn't it? And with a little bit of rain around yesterday, it kind of makes your mind up for you. But I was delighted to lose the toss. Absolutely delighted because... I was in the back of my mind. I wanted to bat, and I was gonna bowl. But yeah, for him to win the toss and make us bat, I was I was secretly pretty chuffed with that. Yeah, no, I totally buy that. And I think the lower you down you go, um, the more people who back themselves to chase totals, the more they confuse me. Really, I think you know, being out there for three and a half mm. hours in the field, you're gonna get you're gonna get tired, particularly if it's a warm day, and also scoreboard pressure. Yeah. People often don't realise that the scoreboard puts pressure on you when you're, you know, much more pressure on you when you're, you're batting second. So as a, as a batter myself, I, I would always want to bat first, get out there, try and get the runs on the board and then, yeah. and then see where you go. But, um, but a lot of people don't see it that way. I, and I'm convinced there's more people than ever who think that chasing is the way to go. I don't, I don't know if that's just a, you know, a random observation from me, but have you, have you picked up on that at all? There seems to be a lot of people who do seem to prefer chasing, though. Yeah, I think I mean it's it's incredibly frustrating, isn't it? When you, especially when you're playing a side that a less a lesser side, it's so frustrating that you have to force force the game and, and bowl them out in the second innings. And I think it's been slightly different this year because the wickets haven't been as flat because it's been so wet. But uh, yeah, I mean it. I mean that that year when we won the league a couple of years ago, there's a couple, there was three or four in the middle where we just we were dominating games, but we just couldn't bowl sides out on our home deck because it was just after 80, 90 overs, it was just dead. So I can I understand why people want want to bat bat second because it just it makes it more simple to win the game. But I think it also makes you more likely to lose the game. And like what you were saying about this, the Twickenham fixture, I I think. It can be a lot more damaging for future weeks if you fail to chase a score. I think it's much harder coming back the next week to, to win the next week. And whereas if you if you get two twenty and get and get them eight or nine down, you go into the next couple of weeks still with confidence. Your batters are in good form. So I don't know. I just think the balance is for me. I think it's better generally to try and bat first. And that, even in red ball... Yeah, I mean, there's clearly no definitive ball. answer to it, is there, obviously? Yeah. No, of course not. Yeah. And I think in the, last, in the last couple of years, I suppose this is a slight legacy of, like, six, seven years ago, like, North Mid, the bowling was strong, like, we, there's no issues with the bowling, we're bowling sides out, but we're lacking a few runs with the bat, and, you know, in the last three, three years, with Joe and Luke and these other lads coming through, and the runs we've had, the batting and the bowling is, is sort of evened up and it might have even gone the other way now. So that's partly that's part, partly a consideration as well when you're thinking about what to do first. And I suppose the, the, real, the real thing is that, or the, the thing you should be trying to do is, is try and assess conditions. And so that's what we try and do now, but that's fraught with difficulty, isn't it? Because who really knows how a deck's going to play? I certainly don't. No, I, and, I, and I find it fascinating that people think they do. <laughs> There's so much un, unpredictability. The amount of times, like, we turned up yesterday and it was, it was green and it was wet to the touch. 
and we were thinking, oh, this is perfect. This is going to suit our seamers. This is going to negate the spin. And then it just started turning square, and it was it was quite flat. It was quite nice to bat on. So it was completely opposite of what we thought it was going to be. But you know, that's the nice thing and about the side we have at the moment. We can hopefully we, we can exploit whatever we have, whatever conditions are in front of us. Yeah, absolutely. So moving forward with, with that, Joel, I mean, and again, I speak with the, my Twickenham hat on. I'm, we're quite, or I'm, as a sort of observer of Premier Division cricket, I'm quite looking forward to the game in, in two weeks' time. I mean, don't want to run before we walk, but uh, um, both of us have got games that I guess we'd hope we'd do reasonably well in in week 13. And that game in week 14 at, um, at your place could be quite an interesting one. Right now, I know I get the cliches, one game at a time, all the rest of it. But as an outsider looking in, that, that looks like it might be quite an intriguing Encounter, so I'm going to be strongly encouraging Sal to, to to take a trip over the through the cot and have a look at what goes on there. For sure, yeah. I mean, we've had some good battles with Twickenham over the years. I mean, speaking to Evan, he's he says we've had um, battles with Twickenham for sort of fifteen years, you know, plus not not you know just my my time. That is so right, Joel, because we we joined the league in 2007 and North Mid were in Division Three then, or Division. Two as it yeah. as it is now, and uh, so so we we played um, North Mid very. I think it was the third game in the league, and for the first three seasons we lost every game. We'd lost the first six against North Mid, and I, I played all six yeah. of these games, and, and it's like we was like Jesus, we're uh-huh. just never going to beat these boys. It never, and then it swung around, and then we had three years where um, where, where we did pretty well, and um, it's it's always been one of those games where I've I felt it's it, it's going to be a proper game of cricket. Um, and I, I don't really know which way it's going to go. And obviously, I haven't played first team for 10 years, so I think things have changed a bit recently. There's certainly, our standards have gone up. Um, but I think, I think it's one of those encounters that I would look at as, a, uh, as a, an interesting game, could go either way, and two sides will generally go at it in the right fashion, which, which is always good. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, got a lot of respect for Twickenham. And, I mean, Carlos is an absolute legend. I'd, there's no one who has a bad word to say against him. So, yeah, I mean, it's... We'll see how we go. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good proposition, for sure. And yep. especially with uh, Monty this year. I mean, I I was I was the same. I was watching that the uh, the leg at your place on the stream. So, I was pretty gutted not to be involved in that. And Yeah, looking forward to this one. Joe, obviously, um, you recruited quite well during, during the sort of the autumn and spring and got some decent players in this season. Um and one who hasn't probably fired and, you know, I'm sure by his own standards is looking to improve on his figures for the season. Um, Hassan Khan, I mean, what's he offered to you in, in terms of his experience and knowledge of playing the league for a few, you know, all the years he has and obviously been a very good, good cricketer as well? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a great bloke to have in the, in the side. He's a very calming influence. He's always got a sensible word to say. He he knows a lot about cricket. He's got a good pair of hands. He's a great batter. He bowls a bit. Yeah, he's just a the signing of the season, I reckon. And he's he's just starting to when he bats, he's 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 looking quality and then getting out in a stupid way. So yeah, I think I think he's going to be a big big player for us in the next six games. Uh, he's quality and he's seen it well. It's just, I think, one one decent score and he'll be flying for these next six games. We'll see how he goes. The magician. Yeah. I want to yeah. see his magic, so I've heard about all about his magic. I want to see it. Well, um, he's going to come on during, during the, se- I mean, the season. He's promised me to do that, so. Oh, fantastic. Um, 
Good, good. We can't finish off talking about the Prem without mentioning, um, uh, well, Hampstead versus Richmond. Entertaining days of cricket, by the sound of it. Um, and as you say, it was an entertaining day on the field. Certainly sounds like there's some good cricket played. Um, there was an incident that, that those of you who are on social media may, may well be aware of, where, um, where uh, Richmond were batting and it appeared that um, one of the batters, who then went on to get 100, um, trod on his stumps and he was given out. Um, and then there appeared to be some confusion because there's a live feed at these games and, and, and a number of people had seen the live feed and ha- were unsure as to whether he had actually trod on his stumps or somehow or other the bail was removed uh, in, in other ways. And the, the incident got quite complicated because the umpires um, had a look at the live stream during the middle of the game um, and then decided that they were going to reverse their original decision of giving him out uh, and, and bring the batter back on. And this was, uh, you know, it took five, six minutes to pan out. It wasn't as if the next batter had faced the ball. Um, there's lots that can be said about the video, um, or the videos, I think, that are going around of this. I'm not sure that this is completely the right place to do it. it, it it's one of those things that I think um, probably won't be resolved to everybody's satisfaction. But um, we'll come back to this when the league has, uh, has opined on it. Uh, and has told us what, if anything, it's going to do about it. And it may well do nothing. But if it does nothing, we'll, we'll report back on that one as well. And, and I think it makes sense to mention it because, um, you know, the, the video is pretty, pretty widely distributed now, for better or worse. So um, we're certainly aware of it. But we're, we're going to hold our horses on this one and, and wait to see uh, ultimately how it all pans out. And of course, if you haven't got a clue what I'm talking about, then that means you're probably not on social media and having a much better life than us. Um, so, so you're in a good place. But um, the league will report back. And when they do, we'll be... On it. So, if we move to Division One, um, what do we need to know there? Stanmore still cruising away at the top, right? Stanmore are still cruising away at the top, Dan. They're looking like they're going to seal that promotion spot very soon. A comfortable win against Brentford. Um, a guy I mentioned last week, I'm mistaken calling him a youngster. I'm told he's not a youngster. But on their bowlers, um, Syed, Mason, Jeffrey, and I've excelled again with the ball, took six for nine off 10.1 over. That's not a bad day for them. Yeah, and, and I think Tish Carrera, the captain, Stan was actually, in my opinion, now a genuine all-rounder, sort of scored a 50 as well, and Talazam at the top also got a 50, so um, they, they were far too good for Brentford, who you know, seem to be having a really Struggling tough a season. Yeah, it's been it's yeah. been a tough season, but hopefully they'll get some sort of like points for the season and um, just give them a bit of a, of a G up. That second promotion space is the real real battle, though, taking place. You have sit, like side leapfrogging each other week in, week out, this week's a turn of Hornsey to jump back into, into the second spot. I mean, you don't get better than the win they did against Acton. Really sort of crushed them in that game. A huge win for them. Les Edwards, another big century. I mean, he's the kind of guy, I think when he gets 100, he gets his big daddy 100s, as Graham Goods likes to call them. He doesn't get 100 and get out. He will carry on and he, and he hits it hard and quickly as well. It's 141 from him. And then in, in response, um, uh, when they, a guy's been at the club for quite a few years, seam bowler, sort of um, left, arm, left arm seam bowler. Niyama, um, Alenu, I think that's how you pronounce him, 66 or 27. So Acton were bowled out really, really cheaply. So it's now Hornsey who are, as I said, um, the side who look to be maybe joining um, their, their neighbours and crouching North Mrs. In, in the Premier League season. And that'll be a nice little journey for yeah. Joel to make, just around the corner um, when it comes no, I to... I faced that Alenu a few years ago um, in the twos. And he's, um, yeah, he's got a bit about him. He, he's quick. I think control was always the issue. Mm. about getting it in the right place. But I've got no doubt when he does get it in the right place, he's, he's going to be a, a better bowler rather than the worst one. So I'm not, I'm not too surprised to see he's, he's coming to the party there. And he certainly bowled well yesterday, didn't he? 
Yeah, and it might have just been the fact that I mean, he's, he's taken a chance after George I think was playing, maybe because of last week's injury. So he's been called up and he, he grabbed the opportunity. So well done to him. Um, but yeah, that's that's really hotting up that sort of that second. I mean, as I said, I think I mean it's not done and done, done and dusted. But you'd think Stanmore going to be the side coming up now, and it's about who gets second place. Um, Harrison Rose obviously a side who are challenging, and they they had a. You know, I mean, they got the winning draw. I'm sure they'll be thinking, what else could they do to maybe win? They did really try and persuade all options they had available. Um, they scored quite a big total. And Nicole Rao, 120, and Tom Pettit, 74. And then their spinners sort of tried in vain, but it wasn't to be as as Enfield really did dig in and sort of battle their way to surviving and getting the losing draw. So that's um, that's the sort of the top half of the table, how it looks at the moment. Yep. I mean, I think Harrison Mayors will probably be a bit frustrated there. When they got 273 and 45, and Enfield uh, were 106 for eight. So as winning draws go, it's a bit bombastic. Mm. But, um, you know, part, part of the, the aim of the game is to bowl sides out. If you don't bowl sides out, then you don't win the game. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I do, do feel a modicum of uh, um, sort of, you know, commiserations to them on that one. But ultimately, you know, Enfield dug in. Um, that they, they took the strain and that those points could be quite useful for them moving forward. So respect you there. Um, what about the bottom? Highgate were playing Wembley, right? Well, so we had 8-9. Yeah, we had a sort of um, a real sort of like, it's not, it's not a six-pointer, but, you know, almost in sort of that regard. Sort of, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, and you talk about bowling sides that Wembley exactly did, you know, did that exactly. I know Highgate was talking to George Potter, the captain yesterday, who did say they had, across the top, I think, 25 players not playing, <laughs> which is a lot. Um, just a variety of reasons. Some, some got pinged, some were just not available. So um, that, that, was a massive, um, obviously, um, uh, negative part for them in, in terms of their size, what they put out, and it, and it showed. And Wembley, they, they've got nobody this year. Um, Zach McCaskey, who scored 82 in, in posting, probably was quite challenging total. And um, I get fell short. Ankit, Ankit Reiner took 547 for, for Wembley, and they, they were the one two now are looking as if they might be trying to pull away and seal another season in, in Div 1 with a couple more wins maybe in the Highgate, are now in that perilous position of being in the bottom two. And mm. and I've looked at their running and it's not too easy. They've got, I think their last two games are Hornsey and Harris at Mary's. So um, they won't That's be tricky. easy. But they, they do have Brent from, I think, in a couple of weeks' time as well. So yeah, I mean, I mean there's no easy games really, as we mentioned in the past in, in, in all these divisions, but you probably don't want to be playing the last, your last two games against the two sides trying to get promotion. But yeah. You know, I think that's, yeah, I mean, it's always tough at the end when you're not winning. <laughs> it doesn't really matter whether you're playing good sides or bad sides. If, you know, you concentrate on what you do and just hope that it, it works for you. Um, the other game, Osterley with Inchwall Hill. So that was 5-3-6 and it's still 5-3-6. That was a draw. Um, Winchwell Hill 2-11 for 9 or 55. Osterley won 9-3 for 9. I don't know about you, Sal, but I think, I think Osterley and I 30 points behind Hornsey. 30 points in six games, well, it's doable, but I, I, you wouldn't expect it, would you? So I think those two are are pretty much destined to be in Division 1 next season, right? Yeah, you either had to win, really, didn't they, to give themselves any hopes of yep. getting to that second, I'll call it the second promotion spot. Um, but the draw was probably not even the even even so I wanted, really. And so, yeah, yeah it could, could, looks like could both be consolidated for the rest of the yeah. few games and, you know, seeing the season out. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the pandemic there. Um, so I don't mean that term pejoratively, just it, it's a challenge for cricket clubs because, of course, COVID's not, not, it's still with us. Um, we had a bad weekend last weekend. I can't give you a number, but we definitely double figures of people who, who couldn't play for whatever reason. Um, Joel, have, have North Mid been hit by this at all? Have you had unavailabilities for, for, because of this? Or have you, have you so far, touch wood, been pretty lucky? Um, 
we've been I guess we've been relatively lucky yeah we've we've probably had the worst week we had was four of maybe the top three teams out um, I'm not sure beyond that into the lower teams but yeah, yeah we've been relatively lucky I mean our our availability we struggled, we've struggled with that a bit over the last couple of years so I feel like the pandemic's brought everyone down to our level which has uh, benefited us massively because we've got a good big squad and we're finally sort of seeing the reward of, yeah. of that I do think as well it's quite easy to assume you're the only club with availability challenges I've definitely heard that at Twickenham oh my god we've got six out this week as well I guarantee whoever we're playing will have a few out. It, it always will, particularly as you go down the sides. So it's just an occupational hazard, particularly in a holiday season and all the rest of it. So people, I think sometimes you can overdo the unavailability thing. You've just got to deal with it. And, you know, we've certainly seen a number of players who've played up the sides have actually done quite well, as you say. And I'm talking people who've played in the fifths and are now in the threes. So there's an opportunity there. Sorry, Sam. I also think that we've done quite well as a league. I know there's other leagues that have had cool games off. I think there's one. I think the East Anglian Premier League had two, three games called off, and I think there's. I think I think not sorry Champions, sorry League. I was told today, Ealing. They they've had two cool games off and try and rearrange them on Sundays oh. and bank holidays. So yeah, um, we've we've done well as a league to try and you know all the fixtures been fulfilled and no issues are going rearranging games late at later dates. I mean, I know in Birmingham, they're now playing average points this season because of this. So if you call a game off, then it's not a rained-off game. Um, that they will, they, it, It's nothing for anybody because the average points that you've got over the games you play um, is, is what they will decide, uh, was, what, was what will decide league positions. And while instinctively I understand the logic, I, I'm not for that at all because it encourages sides to not play the game. It encourages sides to find ways to, to you know, the, the track might not be 100% playable. Oh, by coincidence, we're playing a team that's top. Um, and I, I do think sometimes that, that, that good ideas need to be thought through. And I think in the Birmingham League might see this because there's already a couple of odd situations that I've heard about where games haven't taken place and people are a bit, hmm, OK, not totally sure we understand what, why that happened. But always difficult, you know, cricket in any sort of situation like that is a challenge. And I think we've got through it as well as we could have done. But first, uh, before we go on to Division 2, rather, we'll have a few words from our sponsor. Looking for a new cricket equipment partner for yourself or your club can sometimes be tricky. With so many options to choose from, how do you make the right choice? When you want quality, value and service, there really is only one place to start. For more than a decade, Woodstock Cricket has been producing award-winning high-performance cricket bats from their Shropshire workshop. Matched with their classy soft goods, luggage and accessories, Woodstock Cricket really do tick all the boxes. Get in touch with Woodstock Cricket and find out why many loyal clubs, players and international customers can't be wrong at info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. OK, so on to Division 2. North London, the party has not quite started, but it's not going to be long before it does, right? You're 46 points clear now of Harrow and Barnes. Is, uh, uh, are people getting excited about this? Yeah, definitely. I think we can see the finishing line not too far away, but, you know, as the old saying goes, we won't count our chickens till yep. they kind of hatch, I suppose. Um, or our eggs, sorry, my chickens. Um, yeah, so yeah, good performance again. It was nice to actually chase, chase the total down. We've had, obviously some batting issues early in the season where we've been bowled out quite cheaply and our bowlers have bailed us out. So 
yesterday one I think one forty eight around that mark against Lincoln House. Um we, we bowlers um then did a good job bowling them out for quite a low total and then we did have a little sticky point at one point, I think seventy for three. Um their spinners sort of got a bit holding the game. You know, it's one of them situations we could easily become seventy for five and before you know it's all that, you know, aging your seats fun situation. But um we'll like one of our openers who's had a good season, hit seventy and a guy I mentioned before on the pod, um, Lewis Matthews, who's who just come down from sort of Wigan, just managed to find our club, which is great. And he's he just, you know, breath of fresh air. Sort of goes in six five six seven, and just plays the shots. And he, hit, I think he hit five sixes yesterday. Um, so from seventy five for two or three, you're almost like you know game over within sort of four or five overs. So yeah, but that's good, good, good win for the, for the guys. But you know, um, the job is not done yet, and everyone's sort of keeping a level head. But you know, we we know we are very very close and. There is a lot of excitement within the club at the Super. moment. Well, I did a bit of maths on this, Sal, as well. I, um, I was trying to work out whether you could mathematically go up next week, and you can't, um, because if you win, I thought, oh, well, if Northland, if, if Harrow and Barnes both lose, then you'll be up. But they can't both lose because they're playing each other. So even if yeah. they draw, um, that they will just about have enough to keep themselves in the game, even if you win. But, I mean, there's five weeks after that. So, um, as you say, uh, looking pretty good for, for your guys. One side it's not looking too good for... Wickham out. The second one now. What's going on there? I know. I know. I mean, they've had a massive dip in form, haven't they? Since um, I think we played them in the in the first fixture a few weeks. Yeah, you know, obviously it must be ten weeks now, nine weeks ago, and real tough game. And we just got over the line. And you know, the guys come away thinking, you know, this this side's gonna be one to look out for for the rest of the season. We had Hamza on a few weeks back as well. You know, spoke really well, and you know, it's a bit disappointed how their forms go, but they do have some good players. It just I don't know. It just seems to be. They can't buy a win, really. And it's, uh, you know, sports one of those ones where, you know, when you're winning, everyone's buoyed and doing well. And when sort of the the rot, the rot starts, it's, you look for someone to sort of bail you up, someone, a bit of magic, a bit of, bit of, a, bit of, bit of you know, just something that changes the game and gets you winning the games again. So, second from bottom is not where they want to be. I'm sure they'll be trying to flight that table in the next few weeks. But you was right, down last week. You did predict on the, on the pod there will be a couple of upsets. When we had the top half playing the low half, and, and there was two at least that I can um, yeah. think of. Yeah, Barnes and East Coast. Barnes will be disappointed not to uh, to win, but East Coast got some very good players. In the, in the ranks, Hamza Kyram is a, a top cricketer, you know, and when he's on form, he can be a handful for any side, and which is more than capable of playing, you know, at a higher level. So East Coast, um, crucial win for those guys beating Barnes and Southgate. Again, as I said, you, you spoke about this last week. Guaranteed to play at the post office ground, not the easiest place to, to try and to get a win when you're looking to get promotion or trying to get string of results together. And um, low-scoring game, probably as, as would have predicted due to the weather maybe in the week that we had. And the Titans had sort of a turn of one of their sort of prodigal sons, one of their sort of mercurial um, cricketers who's been around a while as a real good, good, good player. And Kaby Kanasaz, and I mean, he's impressive. But figures are 19 overs, 14 made a 6 for 10. Ouch. I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, I think even Joel will be proud of that. Um, as um, Titans, I mean, Southgate 65 2 at one point, and then Cavi worked his magic and bowled him out from 94, and they and they managed to get home. So that's obvious, that's um, put a dent in Southgate's hope of promotion. And looking at their run, they've got quite a tough run in Southgate. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping they'll be thinking we need everyone available because, as we mentioned, I think they do lack a bit of depth within their squad, and two or three players missing could, could have massive implications on. on on their side that they put out week in, week out. But yeah, Kerry Kanasaz, and um, he's, I know he used to bowl left-arm pace and they bowl left-arm spin. 
And I imagine there must be a right minefield with him bowling. Them figures, 6 for 10, 19 overs, it's going to be hard to be beaten by that anyone. Crazy figures. Yeah, crazy yeah. figures. Um, I mean, yeah, you're right. We did talk about this last week, didn't we? Because all of the top sides, top five sides are playing at the bottom five sides. And, and we did say that there could be a couple of surprises there because it's that sort of division. And East Coast win. I mean, East Coast got up to sixth. They've now got 53 points. But if they'd lost, they'd have been joint ninth. So effectively in the relegation zone, with Wickham out, so one win is, is really could really change the tone of their season. And um, of course, next week, as you say, the, the, the Titans play uh, Wickham House, so you don't really get six pointers in, in in July. Although we did use the phrase a bit earlier in the pod, um, but it looks like a six pointer. It, it looks like one of those games that both sides will be absolutely desperate to win because Wickham House forty one. Um, Titans are 42. Indian Jim are not completely out of this. They're, they got well beaten by Harrow at the weekend. They're on 47 and Eastcott on 53. So I think there's going to be a few, few twists and turns there. And some, some, you know, some clubs who really probably didn't expect to be anywhere in this position, um, given the side they've got, given the hopes they had back in April, are going to be well, sort of fighting for their lives in, in that division this season. And they're not always the easiest teams to play if you're fighting to go up either, because they, 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 they can often pull out performances that... Um, that can surprise you. So, intrigued to see how, how that one goes along. Division three, um, we see Harrow Town continue on their merry way, right? Sure. Just before we go, move on. I just want to. There was a notice on the league website by Nick Brown regarding the Oxford situation. And oh yeah. This, this is this is what it reads as. So we'll disregard the promotion place issue, obviously, because they're not going to get promotion. But it's the should Oxbridge finish outside of the top two places, then only one team will be relegated from the division currently occupied by Oxbridge. Um, so it looks like if Oxbridge go down, then I imagine they must be the side that would go down and nobody else goes down, if I'm reading that correctly. Well, of, of some relevance to Twickenham, CC's third eleven because Oxbridge are a second bottom and we're fourth bottom. So that does change the equation a little bit for sides who are fighting for their life. And Oxbridge are one of the teams down there because it means only one go. Um, so I wasn't aware of that either. So that's, that's definitely something that a number of clubs around the county will, will take note of with interest. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean should, should I mean should mention Southampton who um yeah. are also one of the sides in the promotion mix and they, they had a good win again at the weekend. Leroy Shepherd with fifty and Carly and Broom also for fifty, sixty nine runs. So they're they they're one of the sort of I mean, four sides you could say are, are trying to get that, that second spot. Because North London hopefully should should wrap the ties up in the mm. next couple of weeks. And Southampton but we do have a, they visit the Walker Ground on Saturday. So Southgate v yeah. Southampton could be one to watch. There's some real crackers this weekend. Also, we're, we're playing our bogey side in the Jim Carno, beating us twice this season. So, I'm sure the boys will be sort of fired up to try and you know get a win over them. Good time, lucky and all that. Um, good stuff. So, Harrowtown ploughing on. Can't be long before they're promoted, right? I mean, you, you, you said it, haven't you already? I mean, we've got a good lead. North London Stanmore have a good lead, but who can you know <laughs> better the one that Harrowtown at the moment? They're flying away, aren't they? Fifty-nine at the moment, you know? points clear of third, so. I mean, it's, I mean, as I said, it's their hundredth year this year anniversary. Yeah, so right. we fit in for them to go up, you know, and 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 they can sort of have a big party to end the season. But yeah, Harrowtown, what a great run they're on, and you know they are the side to beat on in this division, and they keep winning games week in week out, you know. Yeah. Um, and they could well be the first team that goes if they win um, in Regent's Park next week against Tower Hamlets. They are up, regardless of what anybody else does. So um, and you know the way they're going, who'd bet against them, eh? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Talking of Tower Hamlets, big game at the bottom there. SKLP uh, lost um, two Tower Hamlets. That was uh, 191 for 9 off 55 uh, against 193 for 9 off 44.4. So it 
could have been just with a couple of balls left, although never quite sure how many overs are left in these time games, but certainly a good chase by Tower Hamlet. And that puts them, that leapfrogs them over and above SKLP into, um, into eighth place, seven points ahead of them. So that's, again, don't have six pointers in July, but at the same time, that's a really big game for Tower Hamlets to win because much as we tip them to do well this season, they have struggled a bit. And um, you know, and, and they'll be they'll be hoping that that's a springboard onto bigger and uh, bigger and better things. Um, in that division, um, I mean, I think it's one of the divisions that's that w- where I think there's more is settled, as it were, than in most because Ealing Trailfinders are 22 points ahead of third, so you'd think they're probably going to be um, up and away with Harrow Town. Um, Headstone Manor are 15 points off saving themselves at the bottom. So it's only really that, that last relegation spot that I think is up for grabs um, moving forward. Division four, well, the top, it's a similar sort of story, right? London Tigers are the country mile ahead and, and looking pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, I, I just speak to his the captain the other day. He's hopefully going to come on the podcast in the next few weeks' time, but he was away this weekend and... But yeah, they, they, I mean, and they also grind wins out, don't they? They don't. They you know, do. They yeah, it. that's right. But they, don't, they also don't know how to win when it's like you know, in in the trenches, as you might say, winning by eight runs against Lanka Lions. Um, but with the experience they have in their side, you, you know, they have got guys who played at a high level and probably had to deal with these kind of situations many a time in, in their in their career. So, you know, experience does count for a lot, doesn't it? In in the in the, in the sport, respectively, and it's just showed it weekend again. It does help, and and you're right about grinding it out. They played Lanka Lions, one of the relegation candidates, and it was one three one four four v one three six. So they won by eight runs. So certainly a decent game of cricket. And Mamtiaz Ali seems to be a, a regular scorer. of four. And he got forty four, batting at seven. Um, did you know Sammy Hyder back to eleven, Sal? Yeah, back, back, demoted back demoted, to where, where, right. where he belongs, or, or maybe just in his rightful spot. I've known people who used to fight for the number eleven spot. It wasn't. It wasn't that they felt that they were being demoted. They get out of the way. I'm eleven, you know. And, and I never really understood it. But I do remember it happening, um, uh, uh, you know, a while back um, when, when I were a lad and all that. Um, so yeah, London Tigers looking really good. Um, and the situation for them is if they win at Friends United next week, uh, then they too will be up. And I think they're they're the only two, um, London Tigers and Harrow Town, who, who can be directly promoted next week so we will keep an eye on that I did wonder as well if you look into third Old Isleworthians have crept into third and that they they've come up on the rails quite quietly there but I think they've I think they've had a good few weeks um they're 13 behind Ali Pally and they beat North London Muslims quite convincingly at the um at the weekend by five wickets I did um speak briefly to Alex Sambi about this and, and and he was very good he said no, no comment no comment to the media because um, I was trying to sort of say to him, promotion challenge, Alex, where's this going? And no comment. We'll take every game as it comes. That's all you're getting. And, and I thought that was fair enough. Um, doesn't want to talk about it, and I get it. But I, I think they're looking strong. And um, the other sides around them will probably be very aware of that. West Harrow, 74 points, uh, are probably their main challengers. But Ali Pally, 13 ahead of them, will probably be looking um, nervously over their shoulders. So um, we'll, we'll see how that one develops. Um, Division 5? What do we need to know there? I was, I, I was actually going to check. Ali Pay do play um, Old Isles of Worthians in two weeks, 14th of August. So oh, do they? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So mm. if, 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 you know, Alex, Alex decides to keep sort of maintain this good form and keep the pressure on Ali Pay, that could be quite an interesting in game. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Three, two, three weeks, I think it's 14, three weeks away. Yeah, yeah another, another type of division here. And we've got um, sides, obviously, 
trying to um, steal them in promotion places. And I think at the weekend we had a top of the table clash, didn't we, between um, was it K Plus and New Caps? Let's say Northwick Park and New Caps. So the titles in second and third place. Second and third, wasn't um, it? Yeah, so Northwick Park occupying um, third place, New Caps in second place. And in the, in the draw, um, quite a tight game in, I think. As you, um, both sides could have actually walked away with, with the win and draw, and it turned out to be Northwick Park who took the five points. Um, 2 10 all out. Farley Brothers again doing damage to the ball. Fabian took four and Graham took three. And then a gentleman called by the name was Sijo John, plays for Northwick Park, took six for 60. As a, they had a captain of nine down, but mm-hmm. couldn't take the final wicket. So it's almost like level pegging in some ways. It's still one point gap between those two guys as we move on to the, to the next week. Yeah, certainly a close finish, wasn't it? You know, second v third, and they, they, they went right down to the wire in terms of yeah. the, the, the game because I, um, I think Calipsonians were nine down and batting yeah. out, and also there was only three or four runs either way in terms of the winning draw. So it looks like quite a tense affair. Less so at the bottom. United Sports were eighth, and Sami Bappa were ninth, and they played each other. And of course, we, we spoke to, to um, Shrikant Karai from Sami Bappa last week, and he was reasonably confident that they turned a corner, but they came off second best. It was 171 v 130. Um, and the key man for um, United Sports was Kartik Vass, uh, 71. Decent performance there in, in a, a score of 171 and four for 24 with the ball. So he, he was pivotal to, to that. But I should say Shrikant, you know, he st- stepped up as the captain. They were all out for 130 and he scored 70 off 87. So well done to Shrikant Karai for, 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 for doing all he possibly could to, to try and uh, try and manufacture a win. But that, that's not great for Sami Bapa. That leaves them um, that leaves them 26 points behind Peshwa. Going to be a good one to, um, you know, going to have to have a good last six games. Uh, to, to fend off relegation there. So um, uh, that's probably probably a big result in the course of the season, uh, the, the Division 5 uh, relegation fight, really. So um, um, there we go. Division 6, um, Victoria Park, still top sale, right? Yep, 12 points here, or, or third place. So they're in a good position to get that promotion spot. Um, they did, I mean, it wasn't the easiest game for them at the weekend. They won by four wickets by the looks of it. Yep. Um, beating Youth Wing, 110 played 1 1 11 for 6. Um, a, a guy who took my eyes in, in this division was um, playing the Kingsbury Construction game, um, playing at Norfolk Manor. I think Kingsbury Construction need to work on how to construct some of their batting. Yeah, I think you're right. They, yeah. they, had, they had a bit of a bad day at the office, by the looks of it, and mainly down to a bowler by the name called Bakir Hassan Ali, who took 7 for 17 Oof. for Norfolk Manor. So um, they're, they're, they're proving you know, a side who could potentially. Uh, be going up, but Willow Lever, your early prediction, oh, Dan. Yes. Yeah, my boys. You know, yeah, they obviously hang on to your words of wisdom <laughs> early in the season. I hope they're not for their sake, but yeah. Thinking that we, we so that's really tight that division there. You've got um, Willow Lever and Harren North Park Manor, one point separates between second and third. So yeah, there's going to be some cracking finishes come towards in the season. You know, the final third is going to be really, really interesting in all in all the divisions. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, Harrow Millennium are only nine points behind uh, Willow Leather as well, so that they're, they're not totally out of the, um, uh, the promotion equation if they can get sides out. Um, because yeah, they had to concede at the weekend. They it, did yeah. have to concede. Now, that may well be because they couldn't get a pitch, um, but I, I, yeah. I'd much rather it were that than, than couldn't get a side mm. out. But either way, South Harrow were, were given the game on that one. Um, if we look at Division 7, just the one game this week, right? That's correct, yeah. And it was won by Stadions who beat... Again, these games all seem to be quite insane. They do. Lots of runs, isn't there, in Division 7? Yeah. 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 2.05 played 2.08 for 4. Stadions beat London Super Kings. So, yeah. I think they just sort of just... You know, 
just, just go for it, have some fun, see what happens. Absolutely. And they tend to score very quickly, don't they? It's yeah. A lot of runs on the board in, you know, 250 in 34 overs, you know, which I always think is a, yeah. <laughs> is a good effort. Um, Joel, I mean, obviously there's a lot of cricket there and there's a lot, a lot going on. Um, do, you, do you get a chance to sort of pan through the division, see what's going on? Are there any sides that you've perhaps played in cups in previous years who you look out for or, or are, you know, vaguely aware of where they are in the pyramid or is it all too much and all, all, you just end up in the zone concentrating on the Prem? I concentrate on um, our, all of our teams, one to fives, and I have a little look at the Division the 1 yep. uh, teams the, of the... Of the first teams, but yeah, like you say, there's an awful lot to get through, isn't there? And I had a mate who used to play for Brentham, so I sort of I look at um I look at his I look Absolutely. at Brentham sometimes. But uh, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of county stuff and other stuff around the world, isn't there? To be having a look at. I think that's understandable. You, you, you... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're going to know the Stanmores and the Finchleys, um, not Finchley in the Prem this year, but sides who, who, who have ducked up a little bit um, between the two, the, the, the two leagues. So I totally get that. And, and Sal and I have, um, are learning more and more about the bottom divisions because, of course, it's the first real season where we, we've had an authentic um, um, eight-division league. And, and it's great for cricket badgers, but you do, it does actually take a, a lot of time to follow what's going on. So... Only so much you can, you can ever do, and you guys run um, you run five league sides at North Mid, don't you? And your fours are, are in division um, the second t- second division of um, the third tier. So they've done really well, the and they're top of the league. Yeah. They've done brilliantly, yeah, yeah, they have. And I think um, this year we've had we've had some weeks we've had too many players, so that we've turned out a sixth eleven to play a friendly game. I think that's happened four or five times. So yeah, it's been it's been great. It's good to see. I think a lot of signs around the county have had um, a lot of availability in the first nine weeks, but I wonder if it's drifting a bit now with a bit, a bit of pinging going on and holidays and the sort of, the, I wouldn't say the lack of enthusiasm for cricket, that's not quite right, but the, the, the wave of enthusiasm that we had after lockdown is probably, um, probably sort of slipping a bit now. Or well, certainly it seems that way with us. We're getting five sides out, but we're not going to get six out uh, this, this coming weekend, I'd have thought. And yet we have done that in a, a number of times in the previous week. So... Perhaps we've seen the, the pinnacle of this and maybe we'll be back to something that approaches a bit more normal, whatever that is, in the next few weeks. I can say, just coming on that point, what's, what I find amazing, actually, one Southgate toothpaste we talked to last weekend and he was and actually made a really good point about we've obviously five sides in the cot area and Joel's mentioned putting six out. We put six out occasionally. We normally get five out. Highgate had seven out one weekend. They did, yeah. Crouch and get five out normally, I'm sure. And Hornsey probably get three or four at least out. You know, you're talking like 250 cricketers in that same area playing cricket week in, week out. Like where do they all come from? You know, it's quite a sort of unique kind of situation there. You'd think, you know, most clubs are get free out, but we're thriving. And all the clubs are thriving, so it's really good and healthy, but it does make me wonder where do these guys come from? I have to say, Sal and Joel, you know, as, as a Yorkshireman, he'll sort of appreciate this as well. But in our part of the world, you know, getting 250 players linked to clubs within, I don't know, what the square mileage is of the cot, this is just insane. You know, we would never have that in Birmingham. If a club has four sides out, then they're, you know, the biggest club for miles and miles and miles. And yet, IK has seven. Mm. I mean, the number of cricketers in Middlesex, people don't realise it until they see elsewhere. It's really impressive. Mm. Or at least it is in my mind. It's crazy, isn't it? My, um, when, I, when I was playing cricket growing up in Durham, we had two sides and 
sometimes the second team was pretty thin on the ground as well. Absolutely. Okay, so we've done our, our seven divisions. What else do we need to know in terms of the highs and lows of the weekend? Uh, anything catch your eye? Um, well, again, there's always a high scoring game taking place, isn't it? Somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, the high score in, in, from, my, from a first team perspective was um, Kenton and Chelsea scored 274 all out right. against Peshawar in Division 5. Um, and the highest score in all the all divisions was Harrow for 11, who scored 314 for 5. And they very wisely declared in their game against Enfield, which was also um, in Division 4A. Yep. And the lows, I mean, we always have a few lows, don't we, where, where poor old sides are rumbled. Anything that was particularly heinous? Well, we mentioned them earlier on, Kingsbury Construction, mm. 42 all out in their defeat to Norfolk Manor, where, as I said, back here, Hasselay took 7-17. So they un- un- unfortunately shared, they'll take the title of low score of the week this week. 42. Yep. Right. And there was nothing in any of the, in, in the, in the second 11 league or the third tier that, that beat that. So that was the, yeah. the, the lowest score in any of the games across Middlesex um, this week. I wanted to flag up just a couple of bits that caught my eye. Harrow Town 4s interest me. Um, they're in Division 5B. They, they had a tough season. And, and you may remember we, we talked to them, I talked about them in terms of the Dig In of the Day award. Um, uh, um, when they were sort of run a ball for 47 overs. So I think they were 45 for for six or 47 overs, which is, you know, is, is digging in on steroids, really. That was against Crouch End. <laughs> and then last week they chased 300, um, which like seems like utterly bonkers when you're 45 for six or 47 the week before. But they, they chased 300, so fair play to them. And um, this week they drew with SKLP. So all of a sudden they've, they're sort of looking like they might be rising from the dead here. Um and you know, their skipper, Nicky Ayer, was, was in touch with me earlier. And he was saying that, you know, it's amazing what, what confidence can do. Uh, I've got a few players back. Availability was a bit of an issue. But um, they've gone from being, you know, up there for being the first team to be relegated anywhere in Middlesex to being a side that's, um, that's genuinely opening to stay up. So well done to Arrowtown Fours on turning that around. And let's see if they can pu- pull off what would not be far off a great escape, really. Um, another club that's had a reasonably good weekend, Harrison Marys. They had five sides out for the first time in their history yesterday um, and their, their, their fours are also doing a bit of a Harrow Town fours they're, they're, they're rising from the dead too and uh, they play infield threes this week uh, and again um, you know that, that that's that's a relegation battle that they'll want to win so uh, they've got a chance of staying up after a poor first half and um, uh, and well done to them for you know for digging their way at least partially out what looked what looked a, a pretty big hole um, digging of the day award I haven't really got one. Some of the efforts we've seen in previous weeks, you know, when you're scoring at 0.8 and over for 47 overs, we've got nothing in that league. Did you, did you pick up anything elsewhere? So? I mean, the, the closest one I've, I mean, it's not nowhere close actually, because you're not going to beat that one, are you ever again? No, I mean, that's but ridiculous. Yeah. One that sort of caught my old Enfield in, in their game against uh, Harris at Mary's where they, they, they sort of really did sort of batten down the hatches and bat for 49 overs, was 106 for 8 from 49 overs. So it's nowhere near what some examples have in the past, but that's the closest I could find. So you've got to give it to someone so they can have it. Yeah, and I've not looked at that card, but tell me that Tony Sayers was 6 not out off 94 balls. Go on, tell me. I don't think he played actually yesterday. Uh, that's plenty then. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he was... Yeah, because actually they had Neil Tilly playing for them. He's, he's been a servant of the club for years. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the batting for, for a long, long time, you know, on his, on his day. Very destructive, very good cricketer. Good player, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think his son plays at the club now, so he was um, 
he was in the side yesterday, so they must have maybe had some um, last-minute call-ups, or maybe they had availability issues, or they just thought it's giving Neil a go again. Um, yeah. But yeah, so no, no sayers within the side. Therefore, digging the day must go to those guys. Well, as well if you can't win, don't lose, and and that's exactly, exactly what they they've done there. Respect due to them for that. In terms of other news, I guess Ealing Weybridge was probably not played to a conclusion today, right? In the cups, they managed to get going. Um, it didn't go too well for him to start off with. They um, they lost three wickets due to run out, which is not, not the best situation. Um, and then um, they came off, and when they came off, they were ninety three for six or twenty four point two over. So Weybridge would probably be a bit more the um, more disappointed sides of the two, and the game being finished off, and they'll reconvene in two weeks' time back at Hawthorn Road. Now, next week, you, you did ask Dan about the, the, the T20 regional stage. Yes, yeah. Well, I think it's called the area stage. I think they call it by different areas. It's, I think there's 15, 16 different areas or maybe less. I might be wrong. Anyway, next week, Ealing will be hosting that. So, next Sunday, Ealing will have Hartford in. They'll be playing Hartford, who are from the Hartfordshire League, obviously. Yep. Um, and then the other semi-final will be Brentwood versus Swardston. Two very good, mm. strong sides. I'm not sure Joel's got experience playing against either of those two, but... Um, Brent would have um, Chris Green playing for him this season, who played for number six in the uh, the um, twenty blast, and now he's signed for them. I'm not sure if he's eligible to play in this one. He's played in, in the national competition, and he's a very good cricket. So having him within their ranks could be just worthwhile watching him play next week if you yeah. want to go and watch him. And game start. I think the first game at half past ten from what Christian told me today. So. If you're, if you're free again. Um, on next Sunday. Good. Next Sunday. I yeah. asked this question tentatively, Joel, but I'm going to ask it nonetheless. Could have been North Mid, right, in the T20. Um, but I guess things went wrong off the field, did they? Were, were you? Did you play in the T20, um, the T20 games there? I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what happened was we. I, I arrived half an hour before the start of the game, and we were. I was informed upon arrival that um, we were only allowed to play one of our pros and Luke and Joe were in the team to play. So we had a, a sort of difficult decision of either having one of them or like one of the junior coaches who was happened to be there at the ground. Um, and we decided to take a little bit of a, a, a unnecessary perhaps risk because we thought we might be able to get clearance afterwards because of the slightly unique situation with them both being completely homegrown you know lads who've been playing at the club since they were six seven and we we thought i thought the team thought that this rule wasn't brought in to stop these lads playing this situation um so yeah we gambled a little bit and we were a little bit um, disappointed because subsequently the ECB did agree that the rule wasn't there for this situation and they were happy to let this go and have now, I've heard today, they've actually changed the ruling so that if this was to arise next year, they would both be allowed to play. So yeah, we took a bit of a punt and we're a little bit disappointed that, that, that Middlesex maintained their stance. But we knew full well what we were doing. We take full responsibility of that. Um, it, yeah, it was just disappointing because I think the Middlesex ruling in the league and the Middlesex Cup state that 
both of the all any pros would be allowed to play if available and we were hoping that they might also agree that in the 2020 but like i say we broke we knew the rule we broke the rule we got what we probably got what we deserved these things happen these things happen we, we sometimes you, you you make mistakes in life take gambles in life don't work and um yeah all a bit unfortunate yeah um, and do you know what i i thought I don't want, you know, with, with things as they are, there's a bigger picture to all of this, isn't there? And there's, there's two young pros who, who haven't played yeah. much cricket. And, and I'm not, I didn't want to be the man telling them. They both turned up to play for their childhood club. I just, I just didn't want to be the, the guy telling them that they couldn't. And so, and I also have to say from a selfish point of view, how many times do you get to play with two fantastic young you know, upcoming lads, and yeah, I, it's an opportunity that I wouldn't turn down for sure. Yeah, that's an interesting point about the amount of cricket they play. I mean, I, I don't follow in great detail Middlesex's second eleven, but I, I haven't seen much of them this year. Are they even playing? Well, yeah, they are. I mean, but they were both in the. They were all well. Ethan, Luke, and Joe were all in the Middlesex One Day Squad where well, team today. Yep. Uh, yeah, but they've been. You know, they've now been pulled out of club cricket and. Yeah, it's just it's it's hard to see when they get picked in the squads and then they get taken and then they don't play, which also means they're pulled out of Saturday cricket. And I just thought, especially with the with the pandemic and stuff, and they turned up to play. I wanted them to play. They played, and I I would do it again. I'd break those rules again. And I and I said I said to who I spoke to at the league, you know, if we don't do that, then the rule never gets changed, and it's it's a rule that's not in place for this situation. So, I was I was happy to kind of go against go against that rule so that something happens, something you know, there's action at the end of it. And it does sound like there has been, which is something. I mean, if the rule is different for next season, then um, then I guess that's one one aim. Exactly. Even if you've had to sort of forfeit your place in the competition this time round, at least at least it'll be different next year, which is, I suppose, a small but significant consolation, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think. You know, as captain, I have to take responsibility. But yeah, it, I think it was a it was a unanimous decision amongst the team that you know we didn't want to stop these lads playing, and um, we had, it was a great it was a great day. We played some good. I mean, the the funny thing was after all this Archie Barge at the start. I don't know if you saw, but um, in the third ball of the game when we we're still on non, Joe's hit one to square leg, called yes, called no. Called no again. Luke was out by run out at the non-strikers end by about five yards, so run out without facing the ball and just kind of made a bit of a mockery of it all, really. But it just goes to show. I mean, it's, and and like I, I was also like buying. I don't buy into this thing that they're 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 above it. Like they're not above it. It's a good standard of cricket and it's a good opportunity for them to play. Yeah. So yeah, but also it just sort of it just sort of. Um, I mean, also, it's a good example of, yeah. of how things can happen to good players, and you know, it's a bit of a. It's that's why we love cricket, totally. isn't it? Because anyone, any, this can happen to anyone. No, but also, Joe, you mentioned. I mean, this thing about being above that doesn't make any sense because the ECB allow first-class players to play in the national competition. So, you know, you you played Potter's Bar, I think, and got beaten by them. They played Brentwood in the next game. Brentwood have played Chris Green, who'd played one game previously for them. This guy's just coming from playing from the T20 Blasters, Middlesex overseas player, you know, so what's to stop to a side mm. getting Chris Gaylin for a game, you know, or anyone who's a pro? 
but yet they can't let two homegrown players play you know in that competition so it just needs sorting out really sorry every every i think every other team on that day had an overseas player and we didn't have an overseas player so it was like yours you you you're stopping two english pros playing but it's basically you'd rather have an overseas lad playing who might be a pro and a rather than english pro it just made no sense and it's you know mm. sometimes you have to do things that aren't aren't quite in the regulations that that you believe in and this this was one of them yeah. no i was thinking when you talk about the broader points here and about stepping down a level well clearly stepping down is probably the right phrase but um as I've got older, I've seen more Premier League cricket because I'm not playing quite so frequently. And there's an awful lot of players knocking around who, to all intents and purposes, are could be professional cricketers, but for whatever reason, either have not been very lucky or have chosen not to do it. Uh, and I think there's an awful lot of people who are very, very good in club cricket and they're there because they want to be. Uh, and I think if, you, if you're playing in an ECB Premier League, then, you know, if you score 100 runs, you'll probably have to bat pretty well. Uh, and I think I don't know the yeah. boys very well who you're talking about there but I think they probably acknowledge that if they scored 100 runs for North Mid they'd be pretty damn pleased with it and that's that's something I think gets forgotten it's sure. not as if they, they step down and, and the standards you know it, it's like pub, pub cricket you know I, I think that people forget the gap's not always that big No and I think if you look at if you look at how the lads who the county lads who have come down it's very very rare that they'll they'll dominate a game Maybe over the course of a season, like that season Eskenazi did pretty well, yeah, but yeah. just the, the odd one-off game, it's very, very rare for the pros to dominate. Well, we got quite obsessed about this when we came up because we, we, we felt that we, you know, we, we had Tim Murter the first year. Well, that was nice. Yeah, um, I'm sure Tim's very nice, but never met him. Um, and, and we had players that we felt we were never going to get any mileage out of. But that was because we assumed that when you did get a Middlesex player, they, they, they did great things for you. And after a couple of years, we sort of realised it didn't work like that. They turned up once in a while for perfectly understandable reasons. Um, and they, they often came with, with a few conditions, like you weren't going to get 17 overs out of a bowler. Um, and it, it sort of took us a while to realise that this is actually just a part of it. It's not all of it. It isn't the best team that... It isn't the case that the team that wins has the best Middlesex player. Um, and, and I think it takes a while before that clicks, no, to be honest, because of the, you know, the, the pedestal that the first-class cricketers are naturally and understandably put on. Cool. Sal, is there anything else we need to know? We're getting towards the end of things here. I think that's about it. Actually, I'm Stammer also played a um, Conference Cup game against Hodgson, but that was rained off. Oh, OK. Probably most games were today in London. Yep, makes sense. Cool. Well, the one, one thing I wanted to mention at the very end, and that's very sort of a personal thing, really, is that me and uh, Matt Robinson, um, who um, a few regular listeners might, might remember from our old Actonians, he's been on a couple of times, we, we sort of had enough of getting out rubbishly, driving airily through the covers. So we're going to have a weekend off doing that. And we're going to try and get to every single game um, of first-class cricket in a Middlesex County League. And we're going to do that on the 21st of August. So that's 37 games. It would be impossible to get to every one of those games because uh, if anyone's travelled around the North Circular, they'll know what I mean. So, and, and we'd literally have four or five minutes to do each game, which is just impossible unless you've got a helicopter. Um, so we're, we're going to split it between us and... and Matt's going to start over in um, at Winchmore Hill and he's going to work his way uh, um, west and I'm going to start at um, Teddington and I'm going to work my way sort of north and east and we're going to meet at Wembley uh, and we're going to do this on the 21st of August. The aim is to see a ball bowled, which we will record um, at, at every single first, um, first 11 game in the MCCL. We're doing this for charity 
um, for the Ruth Strauss Foundation. It's a week after the um, Red for Ruth test match at Lords between England and India. So hopefully people will be very well aware of um, the Ruth Strauss uh, Foundation uh, and what it does. Uh, and if, if anyone um, sees us racing in and out of their ground, then do by all means say hello. And if, if people want to fling a few quid towards the charity, then, then so much the better. We'll be circulating that material to all the clubs if they and if people want to get involved and, and sponsor us or, or even, who knows, do something uh, and themselves on that day for, for, for the foundation, then that would be that would be fantastic. So 21st of August for those who are interested. That aside, Joel, do you want anything you want to fling in at the end? Yeah, I want to um, mention my hope that, well, I'm on, I'm, if I get one wicket on Saturday, then I'll have the North Mid club record for wickets in July. And I want a trophy named after me at the <laughs> club because all I've heard for the last seven years is Evan Flowers banging on about his most runs in May. And he's now got a trophy at the club, which is awarded to the person who gets the most runs in May each year. And I'm stating my claim (laughs) on a Joel Hughes trophy for the most wickets in July. So who currently has the most wickets in July? That is an excellent question, of which I do not know the answer. But I know that it's 22. Okay. And I'm currently on 22, so... Well, if um, yeah, if this happens, then obviously we'll we'll, we'll go to the IOC about this, uh, the ICC about this, and we'll the IOC, the Olympics on in the background. Um, we'll go to the ICC. We will get this publicised, Joel. This, this, the world needs to know about this. Yeah, Thank and, and, and we'll ta- we'll tag that. Evan into every one of those um, th- th- those sort of uh, um, publications that we have on this because I think that's great, I, I, and I'd love to know what Twickenham's is now, and I'm going to look because I'm that type of sad git who's going to go out and do it to know. If we've got anybody who's even vaguely in the game on that one. Cool. Well, best of luck. Well, I know that the league, the league record is 29, I believe, which might be a step too far, but I feel like I might be able to get at least one wicket on And Saturday. you're playing Richmond, right? Richmond away, okay. yeah. Um, celebration on the field? We're not, not going to have shirts off, are we, or any of that nonsense? Oh, no. That's, that's not, not you. That's yeah. not what anyone wants to see, unfortunately. <laughs> If Evan takes the catch, he'll be even more better, won't it, Joel? He won't catch it. No. He, he's, he's that kind of fellow. He'll put it, he'll drop it <laughs> on purpose. Well, there's a live feed at Richmond, and we've heard all about live feed controversies this week, so maybe there'll be another one next. We will keep an eye. Good old frog box yeah. doing its thing. Joel, thanks very much for coming on board. It's been, been great um, speaking to you again. Um, thanks again, Sal, again, for, for keeping us up to speed with all, all, the, um, all, all the stats on this one. We'll no doubt reconvene next week, Sal and Joel. We'll have to um, we'll have to have you back on board to talk us through this this momentous diving catch that Evan's going to take on Saturday to help you win this trophy. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks, Sal. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, Joel. Speak to you soon. Bye. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.